0: Welcome to the Big Kickoff Football Podcast with myself, Roy Shanahan. Joining me today is David Bogle and from TheBigKickoff.com, it's Nathan Doyle. Now, at the weekend, the top two of Manchester United and Liverpool battled it out at Anfield in what turned out to be one of the great games of the season. I'm only <laughs> It was nil-nil. Dave, who would have predicted that? I did. <laughs> <laughs> now,
1: I'll be
0: honest
1: with you, it was, it was half tongue-in-cheek. I'm not going to sit here and pretend. Obviously, I was giving it the big one about potential both sides having weak defences, half-decent straight forces. So, a nil-all draw for uh, did not expect that at all Especially with Not the way Not necessarily the way The game played out But yeah I think no, none of us We all would have said Maybe score draw best Or a, a two or three did, But um, yeah Very surprising um, Both teams Huffed and puffed Look uh, Typical top of the table Classroom party lad. You know We really big it up And we expect A certain, a certain way Look it's like Cup Finals as well You expect it to go A certain way And it just kind of Peters out a little bit Now in fairness after, with the way the game finished for United I'd say they definitely feel a little bit hard done by that they couldn't have nicked it at the end but overall I suppose over the, the full 90 minutes you'd probably say the draw was the fair result but just not the way we would have expected it
0: Nathan there's a lot of talk about Liverpool with no centre backs and it being United's best chance to beat them but Fabinho as well as being the top midfielder he's the top centre back too
2: yeah it's funny isn't it like just coming into this game like everybody was saying well ah oh, look that, that that Liverpool defence is there for the taking." And we're big, even the all oh, we're big enough was the two sides going forward. And I think with both the sides, it was actually the defences that really impressed more than anything else. I thought Liverpool had plenty of chances in the first half and the finishing, especially with Firmino at times, was really poor. Obviously, look, Alisson pulled off two brilliant saves to the stop there. Bruno and Pogba with see chances in the second half. But overall, yes, it was, it was the defences for me and Firmino, was the one who was my man of the match, I have to say. Um, everything was blocked he was getting bodies under everything he was so aggressive and anytime time there's anyone on the ball near him. him and Luke Shaw were the two for me I have to say they really stood out in this game
0: Liverpool's front three they're just not firing at the moment and at times in the game you'd expect Salah and Mane to shoot and they're doing an extra twist and a turn and turning back and passing the ball Dave what's changed with them?
1: Yeah it's a, it's a bit of an unfortunate habit if you're watching them every week am, there is a bit of um there's passages of play in various games where it's almost Arsenal like from years ago in the banker, where it was always that one pass pass too many. And I just don't know whether, you know, teams are, teams are shutting out Liverpool a little bit as well, I suppose. Like, they know not to leave themselves too much space behind them, because that's what the lads love to do, to get in behind the balls over the top. It's a very simple kind of, once the midfielder gets the ball, quick, have a look, pop it over and let the lads run at it and then just cause havoc. Um, the lads have to do a bit of the work themselves you look at Salah when he attacked uh, uh, Maguire in the first half yeah he kind of got past him but it was a bit of an awkward stutter because I don't think he has that kind of skill to beat players it's very much it's it's pure pace and raw power getting him behind is what they're really strong at and Man- Manny has more about him but as you say there it's it's kind of like that, that when when it's time to let go there there it's a bit of dartitis, so to speak I don't know it's just been a bad habit for the last month and it's just something that it's a bit worrying. Without a shadow of a doubt, um, you can try and pretend it's... I don't know what you can say it's down to, but it's just... I know things... The creative side of things uh, is definitely starting to show with the midfield three not being who we are. Like, our two two of our better players who are sitting in the middle of the, the defence, if they were there with the likes of Thiago, could Thiago, instead of sitting in the little pocket being the quarterback, be the guy in between the midfield and and, and forward line? in the little pockets because teams are um, hanging a lot deeper against Liverpool so is that what he's been brought in for is to be that kind of intricate playmaker to try and find the little gaps that are a little bit harder to find instead of like what Henderson would have been good at and doing that kind of drink water uh, style over the top to Vardy kind of, that works so well for Liverpool for a couple of years uh, teams are catching on to that and it's, yeah it's like they're, they're going to have to start turning into more strikers where their last touch is the, is the shot and goal instead of the kind of counter-attacking uh, prowess which they've been so strong at.
0: And wouldn't you think that if that's the case, that people are sitting back that they can't get in behind teams as as much as they were in the last couple of seasons, wouldn't yeah. you think that the first thought on their minds would be, if I get an opportunity to shoot, shoot?
1: Yeah. Well, there was only one or two instances. It wasn't low, so I wouldn't be overly kind of looking at it in yesterday's game, but it's just been once or twice where... Even, but even the likes of Alexander Ireland and Robertson, where most of our offensive output has been coming from. If you look at, say, Alexander Arnold yesterday, his cross now had a purpose. While well, even yesterday, it was very much just crossing for crossing sake, and um, they didn't seem to be they didn't seem to be a, a real kind of like direct, like no purpose in what he was doing, if you know what I mean. And uh, Robertson obviously was playing a bit more deeper than yesterday, but you know. I suppose yesterday it was a little bit different because I think with Martial playing which kind of caught, caught, caught people off guard I think that was to try and pick on Alexander-Arnold and to be honest you United know, didn't do it enough because defensively he's still a lot to be uh, asking for um, but it's the guys who are creative for him are even gone off the board not just the, the three boys up front Is, the, I said, is the Liverpool
0: thing sorry Dave is the Liverpool thing do you think do you think there's a little dent in the confidence you know they haven't had it their way yeah. this year that they had in the last two years and maybe oh, yeah. a little bit of doubt, uh, even though, you know, they're they're well in the, the chase for the championship. So there's, there's no doubt about that. But just that little bit of doubt that now there's a couple of times that they haven't broken down teams. And, oh, are, are we going to do it this week?
1: Absolutely. And there has to be. And there'd be a bit of a, like, yes, they kind of, they rallied around each other when a couple of big names went. And obviously it's makeshift defences. But now the fact that it's becoming more normal and... You're seeing what you're missing in your midfield, and you're seeing what you're. Like, players will start to go, Jesus, we aren't quite, a, quite the size. And as you said, there's definitely a bit of a dent. Man City have won five from five. United are still flying high, unbeaten in 12 games or whatever it is in the league. And all of a sudden, Liverpool are fourth. Uh, Everton have a game in hand and go overtake them. Villa have a couple of games and could overtake them. And all of a sudden, you're out of spot. And you start to think, Jesus, we were going for the league on yesterday. Now, now we're kind of like, Jesus, are we going to stay in the top four? So without a doubt, it, it's going to kick in that's the first time they've conceded or not scored a goal in three matches since 2005. Like, so It'd be a worrying stats, that, but so there's little things that, as you said, it easily gets that confidence without a shadow of a doubt.
0: Nathan, should Sal have been a bit more positive of in his approach to the game or was he just looking to get that result and was the the result the most important thing?
2: Yeah, I think it was. Like like uh, we said, a few times here uh, even today I said a couple of minutes ago, so. Liverpool side of starting maybe being found out a little bit and if you give them too much to, they're just going to tear you to tear Sunday you know so I think it was always going to be a bit of a cautious approach from Solskjaer and like in fairness it was, uh, I was happy enough to see Cavani coming on I probably would have liked to see him start game, but it brought him on with half an hour to go and he, uh, and he, and he looked well but like, even though it was cautious you know it was very sloppy like I'd usually rely on someone like McTominay and even Fred even the partners together during this big game but there was massive holes there between the two of them. Like, like Thiago had to, to run to the midfield, especially in the open in half an hour. So it wasn't, for me, defensive point of view, where the back four had a handy enough, so I thought they were comfortable uh, for a lot of games. And I raised a couple of eye barrels when I seen Lindelof coming in for a boy, who I think has been really good the past couple of weeks. Um, it was still, it wasn't a perfect defensive performance by you know, especially by the midfield two, who I thought a lot were really, really sloppy. And it was just... It gave the likes of uh, Wayne and Thiago, far too much space to, uh, to, start, to get the ball and to try think, and open the door. Do you door. not think
0: that might have been a consequence, though, of Feranda's being really a, a non-event?
2: Yeah, it could have been. That's even in the first half. I, was, you know he was chatting away to your nature in the game, and I was saying I'd even like to see Fernandez just man-mark Thiago in a way because I mean, like he, I mean, he wouldn't even really come out of the D in, in his own half. There was there wasn't much of a defensive performance put in by him and no look Bruno isn't the guy in the team you'd be looking for to get a defensive performance but he still should be picking up players you know like they still, still should be picking up someone like Tiago, who was getting a lot of space in the pockets in the midfield so yeah for me for Bruno was a real let down and it's not the first time unfortunately we've seen him uh, not throwing up to these big games I know look don't get you wrong i been a massive fan of Bruno Fernandez. I think he's changed that Manchester United midfield so much but it, for me it was probably one of his worst games i was seen him playing a Manchester United jersey and yeah, it was going forward. He, he was really poor. Obviously, he was trying to his mad 30-yard passes that wasn't going to work out and giving the ball away a lot. But yeah, I, I agree. I think the defensive side was, was really poor, and he just, it was just like it was just like having to miss a man in the midfield.
0: Does he need to be rested? He's after since he came in in January. He's played I think every game, but basically every game, yeah. maybe a one cup game or uh, along the lines. But even when he's he's on the bench, he seems to be co- coming on. Um, the last three, four games, maybe even more—I'm not counting really—but he hasn't looked his his normal self. Uh, could it be that, like, sure, yeah. it's it's like it's like a full season, January to January? He, they didn't really have that much of a break.
1: It was probably about twenty-five minutes in, and the, he was out on the left, well, the right-hand side, like say, Art the So, ball just came to him. Not really too many around, and he just hacked it forward, like just hit it up in the air. Yeah, like, I remember that. that. Yeah. Yeah. and I was yeah. like, what the half did it again either before that or after that and I'm like right what's going on here because this is arguably the best player in the league at the minute and what's going on Like, so you can't help but to think is it there's there's something wrong um, like I know Liverpool started strong and their midfield were very much up and at it and trying to put the pressure on but I didn't expect to see something like that so that was a warning sign for me and not necessarily to poke at them but to kind of to go something's up
0: yeah, I mean he yeah, he has a good replace. Sorry, Nathan, he has a good replacement with Pogba but p- being able to play in that position, so there's no reason why he shouldn't get uh, rested. And everyone else in the team seems to be getting rested.
2: Yeah, like I was gonna say it's, uh, maybe it could be born out because they're, they are playing uh, Man City in the uh, the semi league cup semi final, and I thought maybe that could be the game to rest. And we didn't get rest there. Well, you got a rest that weekend against uh, Watford in the FA Cup. Well, like I said, I'm, like. Besides the FA Cup game at Watford, I can't remember a time he was even on the bench. He's starting every okay. game and he's playing the full, playing the full 90 minutes for a majority of these games too. So maybe a could be a reason to blown out, but yeah, it was just as far from my presence. Like, these are the games. Yeah,
1: the was as well and throwing his arms up at some silly things. Like, he's definitely, he's like, usually something like that is when you're a bit tired, a bit fatigued. You're just not at your, you're not yourself. Though. Like, I, I found it through the whole 90 minutes that, that the head was not necessarily down, but he just, very
2: negative, almost. It was look, yeah, whatever. I think it was almost like he was looking for an out. Yeah, even when he came off, as if he actually coming off, like you just you knew that like, obviously he's not gonna be impressed with that performance. But you knew you thought you thought Neil was just it was just something not right here. That sort of looking like, why are you taking me off? You know, like what well, he did come off. He was one of the worst players in the pitch. Um, definitely the worst United player. Like, I thought Rashford didn't show up either, but the top Bruno was, was shocking mate, on the day. Well, he had the chance of the free kick, and from where I was sitting, I thought of him doing. But that was that was it really. That that was all he can really take out and say that he's done well because everything else is really poor.
0: You look at Rashford as well. He's another player who hasn't been dropped really or, or rested, I should say, because he's been playing too well to be dropped. But he's another player who who hasn't been rested. He's continuously playing, and Solskjaer is heavily reliant on those two to create and to score goals, and. Rashford wasn't playing in his position that he's his best position. He was playing on the right, he played up centre forward. He he wasn't playing on the left hand side and that's the best position he he, he can play in. So probably not done any favours, uh, and Fernandez probably hasn't been done any favours by Solskjaer. He he probably needs to have a good strong look at that because uh, if the two of them aren't in fire and then Manchester United well could struggle so they, they they need to have a good look at that Um, one thing we know about the Premier League this year is that it's wide open 8 points separate the top 9 teams and Villa who are only in 10th position are 11 points behind with 3 games in hand so who are the true title contenders there Dave?
1: Uh, I'll I, I rob uh, Soon's line From yesterday He said something like City were the favourites And blah 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 He goes Ask me in two weeks time Would be another name And they all laugh yeah. Because that's yeah. kind of The way it is at the moment So as much as there is Technically 10 teams Like realistically Who are they There probably is only There's two Which are City and Liverpool If Liverpool are, Well send them out of Liverpool, They're the ultimate two Without shadow of a doubt But well, who are the guys Who are really Remotely going to be close To them Providing Liverpool Somehow turning around um it would have to be United still without a shadow of a doubt but I, I would I would probably put Leicester in there and that, that'd be about it to
0: be honest um, uh, I what, think uh, what, like about, what about Spurs? Spurs are only four points off, four. The, off the leaders they yeah. constantly keep chipping away and they're still there they've got Harry Kane and Son up front they have a, a Mourinho unit that tries not to uh, concede goals so he probably has the game plan to go and win it
1: they'll get tick and get stuck in and get sent off and get ready until they stop being spursy I I can't I'll never say I'll gladly be wrong but until they stop being spursy because they had another spursy style a couple of weeks ago and I always still think that it's in them although it has to say end on belly so yes they were simply beautiful that was cracker wasn't it Absolutely cracking goal. So yeah I suppose But I just think with Leicester It's kind of like Under, under the radar Tipping along The guys are on form I, To be honest I really only think It's the two Manchester And Liverpool And I think the others I'm not, I'm not saying they're, they're killers, But I just don't I don't know I'm just not convinced by the, um, To be honest But it's Like like anyone You could have three, You could bring in Your Everton's and Chelsea there And You wouldn't be wrong So to speak And I don't think Any of us would be wrong Because this league and as you said there with the ten teams, and then if Arsenal win tonight, they're only ten points off as well. Now, granted, they played the a game more, so it is one of them funny old seasons. But I think at the moment, realistically, you would say City are the favourites, and then at the moment behind them, you would say United and Liverpool, and then there's a little pocket of a couple of others. It's, it. I don't think it's as many as, as some people want, but it's still uh, very entertaining to look at that league table right now.
0: Nathan, the league has been very sporesy so does that give other clubs the opportunity to to sneak in there and as we said Manchester United Man City Leicester Liverpool uh, Tottenham probably all have you know top top quality players and slash world class players who can change games Maybe the likes of Everton, Southampton, West Ham, Villa, maybe they don't have that. Maybe that's what's gonna, you know, crush them towards the end of the season. What do you make of it?
2: Yeah, I would agree with that. I think you wait like it's you know, like it's really close this season. i just like I know obviously not a neutral at least in the teams top of the table at the moment, but it is fun to see. You know, you'll always you always like to see these more way uh, open league tables, especially when your side is doing well. But yeah, I think you'll see this Still, the the, the, the likes of the you know, your Man City or Liverpool, you know, it's they'll probably start to build a little, little, little bit of a drift between the likes of Chelsea, Southampton and Aston Villa. The uh the other side is down in the lower half of the top ten. But, uh, but yeah, for me I, I, I think it's, it's at the moment it's hard to look past Man City. Look like we've said before, we could change our mind on, on a on a weekly basis at this stage. Just think of the nine games unbeaten and they're finally starting to get that good that send up our partnership together which is something that we really struggled with this season like John Stones and Diaz seem to be uh, really start to get comfortable with each other and it seems to be a partnership that has ever grown and with someone like John Stones for me I thought he time talking about Man City he was up, but he just never really rated him as a player but he seems to be comfortable now with our partnership with Diaz and it's something that he's been missing pretty much since company left it him so you look at that you always say like and I, I agree that he's you can't win a league without a good, solid uh, set-up-back partnership. And I think Man City have that now at the moment. And look, you look at the next four games, they're playing off in Villa with Rome, Sheffield, United and uh, Burnley. I think it is. There are four games that you really be, should be winning them four games. We have a game in hand as well. So, yeah, I think at the moment it is really hard to look past Man City. But like they said, actually in a week or two, because God knows how this season's going to go. But the fact that it's January and United are still up there, it's mad. Like, I would never, would have never told that at the start of the season when they were getting battered by Tottenham.
1: I'll be honest with you, all season, obviously up until like a game or two ago when Liverpool crept up to the top of the table, I'll be honest with you, I only ever looked at one team in the league. And, to see, and it was to see how far we were from Man City. So I suppose that really answers my question. There probably is only one other side that I'd be worried about. Uh, I've never looked at any other team so far this season. How far are we away from City?
2: Yeah, look, I said, even as the United fan, I'd like, say to be there at the moment, but I think I even said a few weeks ago, where I still have no confidence in him that he can win the league. And i still stand by that. I just don't know what it is. Just, I just I wouldn't be booking flights off the Manchester but yeah but the <laughs> celebration for it <us, laughs> just yet. I just I just I, I, I just think they're lacking just that centre big that centre back partnership which I know I harp on about it a bit, but I just think it's vital. I think if you look at most teams that have won the league down the years, you've had a consistent pair and that played together for most of the season and most importantly you haven't made mistakes.
0: Well, one team, and we'll continue on the Spursy team, uh, one team who has been spor- more Spursy than Spurs has been Chelsea. And we didn't mention them yet. And Dave, when you look at Timo Werner and Havertz, they've come from the German league and they're yeah. just not embracing the physicality, are they?
1: Yeah, because somebody brought it up to me the other day and I, I don't know whether it's just because of Chelsea, but I would have thought Werner would settle in, not straight away, but I just thought we would have seen more more numbers, better numbers from them, and I kind of stuck my neck out and said I think he would have shown better numbers if he had gone to the Lucia and Liverpool or whoever else he was in with it. I just don't know if it's quite happening there with Chelsea. A bit a bit similar to some of the opinions we said about United a couple of weeks ago about not knowing what his right team is. It's still very chop-changing. As soon as Pulisic came in, he has now kind of been in there ever-present ever since so he's very much happy to have him out left wing which is where a lot of people would have said arguably he was very in his best position and probably the best that they've got out of him was out there and then they've obviously been going with Abraham up front and then a mixture of ZH and hudson and out and Rice and then Havertz has been very much in and out of side. he very much looks like a duck out of water more so compared to Werner so it's not looking healthy for them at the moment because he obviously seems to prefer Pulisic over Werner over for that position and obviously Giroud and Abraham in the middle so yeah, you know, It's dying on the right, and then obviously he's not going to play him in the in the pocket. So it's it's not looking good for them at Chelsea, that's for sure. Considering, and that's going to put more pressure on Lampard because once he the money that they put in on these players, and so far they're failing.
0: Yep. Um. Phil Foden has featured in 13 of Manchester City's Premier League games this year, either starting or coming off the bench, and has put in some really really good performances. Dave, is he ready to replace David Silva?
1: But for city's sake, yeah, you'd want it. I'll be honest. The reason why I kind of brought it up is because uh, our pal, who who he's like Marmite, Mister Durham in Talksport, said an outrageous, typical headline that made my ears prick, and I went, "Hold on." Base, he basically said he reckons he's the only Premier League star that can rival Bruno Fernandez for Player of the Year, and I went, "Say he's played, he's got a couple of goals two two weeks in a row, and this is what, he, and and all of a sudden he's the second best player in the league."
0: Now, you're ta- you're talking about point. Adrian Durham here now, so, you know, uh, you, you take everything he says course. with a pinch of salt.
1: But he's about two weeks behind one or two other people. It's the, 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 the hype machine has been building up before, but he obviously took it to the next level, so I was like, right, do so we need to kind of have a look at this and see is it the usual English overhype, or is there something about it at the moment? Now, the point afterwards was the fact that um, he is one of the most informed players, and... Uh, At the start of the season Obviously he was in there Hot um, Hot uh, hot water With the the English setup But he scored One of his things He said was He's had 22 City appearances And 8 goals In that time Only 4 of them Are in the league So Okay Fair enough And then they've not lost a game When he's played the full 90 minutes And they've lost us And they've lost a few this season So he's got into the team On a regular basis lately, And he's got 4 goals In the last 6 games That's decent But that's 6 games So why would you say Something stupid as that So It's just annoying me. So I looked at it overall, and he's got four goals and two assists in the Premier League. Sterling has five uh, goals, so he's, he's one behind himself. And Ke- Kevin De Bruyne has ten, so he's not even close when it comes to, to creating chances. I like the guy. I've seen him at that World Cup straight away. He, he looked a different class compared to the rest of the squad in the, in the under-19. Was he, was, he, was he the 17th or 19th? Um, I think he was the 17th World Cup, and he did. He looked a couple of and looked a very non British Island type player, and I always wanted to hope he'd come good and show his, his form uh, from that World Cup and bring it to the, to the Premier League. And I think he is, but I just... I, there's no way I'm going to jump on the... Not necessarily his opinion, but there is a bit of a high train kind of form with him, and I just think it's time to, in my opinion, just relax and let him play. He's definitely starting to slot in, definitely, definitely starting to fancy himself, and obviously... um. It's massive, massive boost to fill with David Silva. So I just think it's a bit of keep calm and carry on. And for his sake, I hope he keeps going well. But Jesus Christ, that was one stupid statement in my opinion.
0: Nathan, is that not what the, the British media do brilliantly, is uh, raise the oh, expectations of a, a young hopeful, who we, we'd see Foden as a, a quality player, but heap too much pressure on him and watch him crumble?
2: Oh, 100%. They're, they're brilliant. That taking these lads down and completely destroying them. Like I've seen uh, plenty of times got a uh, not saying a half good player. Like a lot of these players, I agree, I think Philip a very, very good player. And you never know the couple of the guys who where uh, slot in and replace um, David Silva if you have someone of that quality. It's not much of the point and of, of going and splashing out eighty million in the transfer market for somebody to replace Silva. But yeah, this is what he did all the time. you have seen accounts countless of times, not only with young players, but also with the English, English uh, setup. set up many times would they go over to uh, to a World Cup and you know, like and you're not just saying you know the answer like you no know, the Irish being heading you like, ah, oh, like how big don't do well but you genuinely do know. Like you might get to the semi finals, you might get something like you might you never know, they could do well but they're not ever gonna win it. But you, you all you have to do is go on to an English website and it's coming home and all this and it's just something they're really good at It's just the needless pressure on on the national side and the needless pressure on these young lads like you just it's, don't get me it wrong. It's always great, even even though I look at some of his kids playing, even in League One or Championship, and it's great to see them coming through and it's great to see them doing well. But you always have to be realistic with your expectations of some of these guys. And that was different when it's that team at Man City, like you have the European powerhouse now, obviously without in the Champions League, but they're well known side around around the world now. But yeah, I think I think it is that uh, sometimes you, you expect too much from these lads, and I think it's just just some of them you just have to be patient and, and and just watch them country and watch them develop and watch them nurture like because I even know myself anytime it, a half decent one lad comes in from United and the 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 English media jumped down his neck you're sort of thinking, Oh no, how's this gonna go? go? like is it going to go to the kid's head, what's gonna happen? and I think yeah, it you just have to be patient with a lot of these lads because the talent's there. It's just it's, it's nurturing them in the right way and not getting over heights uh, too quickly.
0: Yeah, um, Adrian Durham had a rant the other day about Premier League footballers celebrating and how disgusted he was with them and how <laughs> sick he was about. Um, you know, I, I think he comes from a personal angle because I think his his daughter has uh, illnesses and he doesn't get to see her as much uh, or, or at all. He was saying so, but the whole thing with the players celebrating and uh, and people not wanting them celebrate um, in my opinion and I, and I'm going to ask you your opinion lads but in my opinion it's an absolute it's a nonsense it's just, it's stupid to even to, to go there these players are being tested time and time and time again and yes if they if they you know break their bubble and do whatever it is yeah the the club should start, come down hard on them but They're being tested all the time. They're within a bubble. You look at the rugby. I mean, not one thing has been mentioned about rugby. And they're going into scrums and they've got their head up the other fellas' arses nearly, you know. And and there's there's nothing coming back. They just like to have that little pick at the Premier League footballers all the time. Dave, what's your opinion on that? Uh,
1: You literally just said it there at the very end. It's just another stick to try and beat them with. You know, they should have funded... um or they should have uh the Premier League I remember they were moaning that they, they weren't doing their bit and throwing a lot of money in at the at the start and then any chance they could get about at any of the lads who broke the foot, it's it's just another stick. And like you said about the 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 rugby there, sure, if they're if they don't want them to celebrate, but well, then rugby shouldn't be playing at the moment. It's as simple as that. Um that's how city I would go if they're gonna make that city argument. I yeah. Maybe ask them, look, try your best or whatever. I, like, If you don't want to, like, send a message and something like that, fair enough. But, like, to, yeah, it's something that I don't really have. Like, yeah, I, there's no point in me trying to make it uh, a more long-winded version of it. It's In my opinion, it's just another thing to try and beat the, the, the precious, rich footballers with. Yeah, look,
2: I know people want to be listening to podcasts and, and listening to people debating over a topic, but this one, it's just... um. Just a bit of a non-issue for me. Like, I don't watch the, watch them and watch the team celebrate and think, "Oh God, I'm horrified." They're looking at that. Like I can't, I can't go home and see my family, but they're they're hugging each other. Like they're probably one of the safest people, uh, over in, in England at the moment, with the constant testing and, and, like I said, the bubble that they all uh, they're all in together. It's, yeah, just, a, just for me, just a bit of a not a non-issue. Like I understand why people can not be frustrated with seeing it, but. Yeah, look, these guys are are, are, are really safe, and we, we have, we've all played football, now we none of us, uh, unfortunately, at the moment have reached the height of the Premier League. But look, we are now, like, they've the had a passion to home, when they play football, and I think it's clearly human nature at this stage just to celebrate when, it, when a goal goes in. So I just don't think it's that and you, you never see. Like Dave said, look, you could ask them and say, look, just mind if, if you can't, don't celebrate. But it was hard enough that they didn't celebrate now with the AR and all the. The, the flag getting raised, later offside, so you're second guessing goals as it is, so you might as well go and celebrate when you do go in.
1: Remember the old days when they barely even shook each other's hands? Remember back in, when you watched some of these retro games in the last year from the last few or so? Uh, lads that go to sort of a very formal handshake. Well done, well done, good sir. Like with men, well men? Yeah, no, you, you, have,
0: you, have, you have to make out now. That's the real. Um,
2: <laughs> I suppose... Right, <laughs> lads, no
0: hookings, no <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I, it's probably fair enough to say at the end, listen, don't be hugging and kissing the opposi- opposition or anything like that, you know, give fist bumps yeah. or whatever like that, but that, that that's, yeah. that's about it. But you know, the gold celebration thing is, it's, 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 it's stupid. And, and I'm, you know, Adrian Durham does like to have his uh, stupid rants and he, he does them very well. Okay, Derby County named Wayne Rooney as their permanent manager over the weekend and in turn, Rooney announced his retirement. Nathan, you wanted to put the question out there was he the best striker ever to grace the Premier League? Yeah,
2: look, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's a sticky one to get it is, isn't it? Even when you get into any of these sort of conversations, you know, like who, even picking a best 11, you, you'd end up killing each other when like if you can do whatever Christmas dinner or something, there's always a family argument that someone's doing Christmas and it's just, it's always a, it's just a mind you just don't want to be getting into. It looked like really been extremely successful, like some great records, won four Premier League titles, he's United all-time top goal scorer, uh, he's, he's scored over it 12 over the 16 seasons, he scored double figures, uh, second highest Premier League goal scorer with 208 goals and like I said, doing it on an extremely high level and Manchester United not only domestically but over in Europe but for me I still say I I, I can't look past Alan Shearer as the best striker in in the Premier League I don't know about Shearer I just think the man was just different level like obviously he's the the most goals in the Premier League 260 It's not even close between the two but yeah for me I I always find it really hard to look past Alan Shearer I I know I can always point to the fact that he only won won one Premier League title and he spent a lot of his career in Newcastle and he definitely could have if he, if he did choose to go to a, to a bigger club, he could have won more in Europe and could have won more domestically. But just if we're taking all that to one side and just looking at body of work and we're looking at the goals and we're looking just, at, just as a, a striker, overall. yeah, for me, Alan Scherer, definitely the best striker in the Premier League.
0: Dave, when you're a striker, it really just it doesn't come down to necessarily winning trophies to prove that you're the best striker. It does come down to scoring goals, doesn't it?
1: You know, he just got lots of gold. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Quinn. Uh, look, you know, I I was expecting uh, Nathan to go full Wayne Rooney, and I was like, I that's... have no, I I got I've two, two words, Alan Shearer. Move on. <laughs> uh, so he, he I'm doing very doing disappointed.
0: I am. I thought he was going to go for. Us. I said, this is brilliant. I yeah, know.
2: No, that's, that's
1: why I said it. That's <laughs> why I, <said> <laughs> I sat back. I sat back, listened to the first two sentences. And, yeah, I've got him. And, uh, then you I, 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 I don't know
2: where to go now, but I'll be honest with it go, go, It's going to be Dave and Roy in the podcast, they're going, they know what I'm like, they're going to be like, happy Dave, he's going to say Rooney, and I'm going to hit him with the whole card up. They don't need to be winning trophies to be the best striker. You can hear the, can hear the, 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 noise, the noise coming out of the, the, the holder, because I was then
1: to stick it in. Uh, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, there's no denying Wayne Rooney's quality, you know, cut forced onto the scene the way he did back at Everton at 16 or whatever. And uh, credit where credit's due. But yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, Shira. And to be honest, I'd stick my neck out and probably put even Henry above him, to be honest. Yeah, um, know, to be honest. Yep. And but yep. he wasn't there for a long, long, long time, I absolutely love Van Nistelrooy as well. I'd say he's a better striker than him, but that doesn't mean he's had a better Premier League record. So in regards to Premier League, without a doubt, you still put Rooney ahead of him. But uh, no, credit or credit due in relation to his in, in, in to his career because the guy he had the, the the whole like what we were talking about there with Phil Foden. Jesus, did he have it in spades? Um, very much like your Beckham's and a couple of the others. Like there's the whole weight of the country on his shoulders uh, over a couple of different uh, tournaments, and then just in general for his because any time he scored any of world, he's is he? the best ever player is he, is he's the best in the world at the moment trying to put him into the same bracket as Messi and Ronaldo and that, that comes with a lot of pressure on, on your shoulders and he was well able for it so um, good luck to him with Derby because he's going to have his work cut out there as well so uh, but yeah no you, you,
2: you ruined it for me so well played Alan Shearer <laughs> that's yeah. what even I said like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead with you know I'll read
0: off on stats and <laughs> you me know, really I'll really go in with. <laughs> yeah Thierry Henry is the 6th top uh, highest goal scorer 175 goals so that makes him the 6th not the 2nd the 6th uh, best striker that ever uh, was in the Premier League uh, uh, if we go by the Alan Shearer strategy Denver's
2: the 5th Okay, <laughs> well, that's it. Andy Cole, Andy calls a best striker Apparently,
0: <laughs> is Frank Lampard just when you say that? Is Frank Lampard, even though he gets praise, still one of the most underrated players uh, around? When I mean, with that yeah. with that goal scoring record, people just go, oh, ah, yeah. yeah, Frank Lampard scored goals, but it's it, 177 goals, two more than Henri. That's just immense. Yeah, unbelievable, and
1: I think. I think maybe the likes of Gerrard are something to do with that because probably it's a bit of a tasting. I think a lot of uh, journalists and a few others probably liked, preferred the way he played. So, regardless of his goalscoring prowess, uh, when it came, because you know they love to put a label on uh, who's the best and who's this and rankings and stuff like that. And I think that's probably what's overshadowed Lampard to a small extent. But when you think of that's ridiculous, 177, and then you look underneath them, um, your foulers and the foes and everything else and he's still above all of them, and Aguero's only just overtaken like him. Like it's top drawer, simple as that. As regards attacking the Steelers going world football, not just Premier League football, it's arguably one of the best, if not the best, when you think about it.
0: OK, Phil Neville announced as interim Miami manager. Nathan, is he a good appointment, or is Beckham just giving jobs out for the boys?
2: I think Beckham helped him out a little bit, because he was, as you know, he was... Um, in with the 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 English where women set up, and it was not going swimmingly to say the least. Not to a decent start, but he's really starting to come under pressure and come under fire. So yeah, I I I think Beckham certainly has a big situation. I think we could have seen him get his marching order pretty quickly. Look, okay. I no, like the the standard of the coaching down in the um in the yellow mess of how like it wouldn't be the best in the world, but especially aside like in Miami. I'm trying to be so careful I'm not saying in, Inter Milan everything in my body wants to call him in, Inter Milan every time I say the name but uh, yeah look he finished up 10th in the Eastern Conference last year and he to even qualified for the LMS so sure, it's the of souls, the levels that the at the moment they're only a new franchise over in America but obviously there's big things to be expected it's co-owned by David Beckham um, so yeah I'm sure I'm sure we did have a, a lot to say to get someone like Finn Neverland that he knows well that he played together United you know, in England and he co-owned um, Southwell City down in League 2 So, like, really, like, Phil Neville wasn't a man in demand. So, it wasn't. I, I think if David Beckham wasn't at the club, you, you wouldn't see Phil Neville going over to Miami now. So, I think there is an element of jobs jobs for the boys. Even though look, he, he could be a decent manager. It's just, I just think if you look at what he's doing at, at the English women set up, he, he, that wasn't going well. and I think he could, could have been in his way out anyway. Yeah, so there was definitely an element of that, in my
0: opinion. Yeah, well, I think he was, I think he always wanted to. I'm not sure he ever really wanted to go. He knew he was going to go after the Olympics. He probably didn't really want to do that. And it kind of shows now. Dave, I'm just going to read what Beckham said before to get your opinion. He said, I'm very happy with the leadership group we have established to lead this team as we turn the page following our inaugural season. And look forward to having Chris and Phil join us soon. I have known Phil since we were teenagers at Manchester United. We shared a footballing DNA, having been trained by some of the best in the game. Phil has deep experience in football as a player, as a coach, both club and international level and over his career he has worked with many of the finest managers and players in the game i know his qualities as a person he's his decency loyalty honesty he's an incredible worker he's great work ethic and incredible energy anyone who has played or worked with phil knows he's a natural leader and i believe it's the right time for him to join us so is it a smart thing to bring in someone that you know or a stupid thing to bring in someone that you know.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's pressure on the two of them, to be honest, because we all, we're all going to think it regardless. Uh, a bit of a job for the boys. Um, and it's harder over there when you think about it. He can't just go in, look at the squad and go, right, how much have we got and start buying players? Because there's a bit of a, it's very still American over there where you can buy, get some designated players, but you have to trade, you have to draft. So, you could be looking at that draft bill and you don't like what it is, but tough, you have to pick one. And if you have a player you want to get rid of, well, you have to swap it with somebody and, and you know, you'd be really, really clever and, and, and it's not as easy as just throw some money at it and bring in who you want. Um, so it's going to be an interesting one. Maybe that's where some of the thinking has come from because of the fact that he's been with uh, the international setup for three years, so you can't exactly go and buy people to try and make the most of the situation. But unfortunately, they were kind of going down the hill instead of going up the hill in England so I, I, I don't know like as I said jokingly to one of the guys sure his own brother wouldn't even hire him at Salford so like, you know he, he's not getting a gig at M- and he's getting a gig at MLS off deck it, it, it can't help but look like a job for Roy. But you look everyone always anyone who comes into any any sporting team whether it be the manager or a chairman or an owner you, you always bring in a little support network of people who you know and try and get the and, and get the ball rolling. is always initial success. Um, it, it's a different, it's a different, it's a different animal over there. I think, and it'll be very interesting to see how Neville uh, puts up with that. Because if you even look at the software side of things, you know they just—I'm not saying they trump it, but they just go and go and keep—and they're just going to keep buying until they eventually get the right side. You can't do that in America. So it's it's a different animal, uh, so to speak, compared to the rest of world football. So it, it, yeah, it, it'd be very interesting to see how he gets on.
0: Yeah, I think that's the word interest and it's certainly going to get uh, a lot more attention this side of the water now just to see how how it gets on. So maybe uh, maybe that's a good thing now and maybe, you know, Beckham kind of (coughs) thinks now as a franchise, if I can get people from England sort of tuning in to the MLS and Inter... Miami I was going to say Milan into Miami then (laughs) (laughs) uh, then you know that's going to help their brand so uh, you know Beckham's always been very clever about those kind of dealings Okay, it's time for this Yes, it's time for a bit of transfer talk. We're in the January transfer window at the moment, and there's a whole load of moves going on. And, and at the moment, uh, Meza Uzil is over in Fernabachi, and I believe he has taken uh, a Big cut in his wages and maybe money that he's being owed. And I believe Arsenal are saving quite a few quid to uh, for him to go to Turkey. So uh, hopefully everyone's a winner there because uh, it'd be good to see him back in playing in the Champions League and showing us what he can do. OK, uh, I'm going to start off with my one first. And it's Bournemouth are one of a number of championship clubs chasing Aston Villa midfielder Conor Hurahan Villa will be open to allowing the midfielder to leave on loan in this transfer window with a view to a permanent move in the summer. Horahan has 18 months remaining on his contract, but he hasn't played for Smith's side since November 30th. They have signed Jack Wiltshire on a short-term de- deal, but seemingly it's thought that this won't end the incomings from Jason Tindall and uh, a midfield is where he wants to strengthen further. Nathan, Connor Horahan, does he just need to go and play football?
2: Yeah, I'd like to see it from I an obviously an Irish setup point of view, I think it was linked with uh, along with the Swansea as well, wasn't it? Yeah. So look, Swansea City and Bournemouth, two two sides that are, are shaping for promotion, uh, into the play in the playoffs. So yeah, look I would like to see him go. I think he's a good player. I always enjoyed him uh, to a certain extent that the Irish uh, the Irish uh, setup. He's a great cross of a ball, he's placing the set pieces and his overall play is good. Look okay, he can understand we're not getting into that into that Aston Villa team, it's just it's, it's the guys that he happy at the moment I just uh performing and um, just have to take them out of, of the team. So I like the same him go and I think either uh, Bournemouth a as you said, or Swansea City could be a good um, a good long meal for him and you never know what can come out of that. If 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 either. so I do get promoted, it could be a chance for him to, to start playing again the family League.
0: Dave, you're kind of do you take that drop down into the Championship to play football or do you stick with the Premier League and try and force your way through?
1: Yeah, in one hand you say stick it out if you want to stay in the Premier League because I think once he goes down he's not coming back up. Like, don't get me wrong, unless the pull it out of the bag, but realistically this could be the step of him going back to the Championship and almost staying there. That's the fear I have. But on the other side of the fan, get yeah, playing games, simple as that. You know, for, for us and for, for our sake, you don't want to see yourself sitting there. So it's very much a catch-22. If you really fancy Bournemouth getting up, yeah, fair enough, maybe. But I'd be fearful for him at the age he is. And the type of player he is, it's, it's his time in the Premier League finish, potentially, unless his team that he goes down to gets lucky. Um, That's the fear I'd have. So it'd be a kind of a catch-22 whether you want to... Stick around or not, because Villa are definitely staying there. That's for
0: sure. If you made that decision, Dave, would you go to Bournemouth or Swansea? Looking at those two teams and thinking who might actually get up.
1: Um. Yeah. I suppose you probably uh, the, the way Bournemouth play as well. I'm sure they're, they're not much different. Obviously, Tindall is from. Uh, he's he's Eddie Howe's assistant, and um, so it's probably a similar style of football there, and they're in a decent shape. So me personally, I'd probably go to like Bournemouth, but. Uh, I, I I don't know where Swansea are. I'm going to be honest, lads. Uh, yeah, I'm, second. They're second. Definitely. Yeah. So you, you'd probably go for Swansea if you want to go straight back up. So it, the style of play might suit them at a moment. But if you want to try and get back into the Premier League, you might go for Swansea. It, it, football is just such a funny game, and I'll, I'll come on I'll come on to when it comes to one of mine. But the, that's that's that these decisions are vital for your career to make and break the the how you how how your your career finishes. And uh, it's a serious, it's a serious
0: dilemma. Even. Yeah, because he's got eighteen months left. Obviously, a year left now. When the summer comes round, he's basically being told, maybe without being told, because he's not getting his game time, that yeah. he's not going to get in a filler. So the next move is a huge. And as you said, if he, if he, if he plays for a team, may, like he could go to Swansea, he could go to Barmouth, he could come back on that loan deal back uh, in the summer obviously Villa not really wanting him and he still could get a Premier League move it all depends on how he performs in the Championship so you know this is a big big six months for Conor Huron so we'll keep an eye on that one Nathan
2: Yeah Mario Mandzukic that's, that's uh, one we haven't heard a, one we haven't heard in a while isn't it? Here? <laughs> but yeah apparently uh, oh, Mario is on his way to AC Milan it's uh, said to be a six month deal he's, he's going to go in as a free agent with an option obviously but that's to be extended like that depends on a certain thing. I think like the, the he's won Champions League football it, that's gonna to be to, to be extended. Well if it was him I wouldn't be picky because he has been with a club now since uh, July. Since the, uh, he, he he left Qatar. I'm not even gonna kinda of, don't want to either Maya Manzugas not gonna be able to pronounce his team's name. Uh they are from Qatar, But yeah, he left there um back in July when he was gonna send he just just wasn't working out. We only made a handful of appearances but if fairness, he has a, star, um, a Qatar Star League winners' medal to show for his time over
0: there, so it wasn't a was bad. It's, about, it's, it's about as good as the Leinster Senior League medal we have, so I wouldn't worry about that one. This is <laughs> the, the uh, it's an odd one though, is it? Not for AC Milan. Surely he's gone there as backup. Ibrahimovic is there playing. Yeah. Um, Mandzukic is surely now at this stage, and I've watched him play for Juventus, and and he and he has been effective without being. Amazing, he's getting older. He's getting on. He doesn't get around the pitches as, as well as he as he used to, and and he didn't get as well around the pitch as other people did. Anyhow, so it yeah, it, it feels to me like it's just sort of filling a void there. And if someone's you know, if they're if they're missing a player, you know, squad player Mandzukic comes on. No, definitely. I agree. Cody we was getting on. Like I know, Syria
2: like you have seen uh, all that guys go over there and even less mobile players do well it's just a slow pace league but like even even in his younger days as I said Mandzukic certainly wasn't the um, wasn't the the the, the guy he'll <laughs> ever seen in the world. Like he was, was like Pop I was like uh, Dimitar hell, and Helvin I thought that slowed down and a lot and and Daisy. But uh, yeah, look I tell you Will go in the back of obviously like I said the Latan's there, I think Raphael uh, Leo is is the the guy there at the moment that that's holding down this striker position. Look, I'm fairness, he's, like you said, he's up and here we this, uh, for four years, scored 21 league goals in 118 games. So, look, he knows the league, he has a decent enough track record in the league, but yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it will be um, six months, it could be an initial short-term thing for the Croatians to get back into a club and he definitely won't be won. He wouldn't be going in, you'd imagine, as a starter, he'd definitely coming in on his back but yeah, look, this one this seems to be uh, done deal. He went in for a medical this morning, so I'd say he would be looking at an announcement yeah, but ASAP at this stage if, if things
0: are going that fast. Yeah, and it's good to see that the, the Italian league, Serie A, is a little bit more competitive this year and, you know, hopefully there's a new winner on, on there. A bit, a bit like Scotland. A bit like Scotland. Let's not talk about that one. Okay, <laughs> D- Dave, Danny Drinkwater and Lukaku, what's happening there?
1: Yeah, I just wanted to mention Danny Drinkwater because it's a bit like what you said there about Huron and the, and, the, and the choices you make. You know, when you look back at Leicester and you look back at most of the squad and how, how well they've done then and now, and with Drinkwater, it's slightly not the case. Obviously, he went to Chelsea for the big contract, a nice five-year deal. No doubt, the money was superb, but he's only kind of played 22 games and gone out on loan to a couple of clubs, had a few problems and now he's off the Turkish Super League side Captain Passa on loan until the end of the season. So uh, still another 18 months left on, on a big contract at Chelsea, but it'd be one of them when, when, when his career is over and you kind of go, geez, I peaked at 24, you know, and, and and that's the fear you have now with people like that. Yes, he might be rich and comfortable, but um, will he regret not maybe leaving and uh, leaving properly and getting a full-time move somewhere in the last year or so just to save... Um, just to kind of keep the big fat contract he has. It's just an interesting thing you see nowadays with many players when they go to the big clubs, how, how one or two of them tend to disappear because they don't want to give up that contract. You look at like so straight away, I think, remember Markovic with Liverpool, he was never letting that go. Jesus, I think he only left Liverpool last year and he was never letting that go. But his career is done. His career's done, but he'll, he's rich. So is he happy? That's fair enough. But us as fans watching some of these players and pisses you off because you'd give anything to be on that pitch but uh, drink yeah, drink water. he
0: never got. He never really got the chance at Chelsea when he was brought in you wonder if he was brought in by the coach because normally a head coach at Chelsea but was it just because he was part of a championship winning team they wanted to fit someone what? in there and there wasn't really a need from there probably probably not but like I
1: wouldn't I wouldn't mind going that's for sure but I'd be saying to him now listen it's time to let it go now, and I know you'll probably lose out in a couple of quips. But, Jesus, get out there and try and gain some some of your career back. Because, like I said, he's 30 now. That was, what, five years ago now, six years ago now? He, as I said, he peaked at 24. Um, it's 24-25. It's one of them where you kind of go, it's sad sad Because I don't expect him to, to shine it over in Castle later either. Um, but I just thought I'd mention it because it's kind of like, you remember him or in a couple of years' time and you're watching the Premier League magazine show, where are they now? He could be one of them where you go, Jesus what happened to him after Leicester won the league?" Because a lot of people probably tend to forget him if, if if his career keeps petering out the way it is, which is which is unfortunate, considering he was such a vital cog in that team, providing many a goal for Ferdy.
0: Yeah, and when I look at the Turkish League, I kind of see it along the same lines as the MLS in China. I kind of see it as a, yeah. for the top players as, as a kind of retirement area that they they kind of hide away from the, the major tournaments and all. And I know Fernabachi and Galatasaray, maybe not so much Galatasaray at the moment, but they would be in the top tournaments now, but they don't shine, and you're you're not really going out there to go and try and you know win things in in Europe and stuff like that. So it kind of looks like it's 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 a retirement sort of plan.
1: Yeah, they overpay for for, for them type of, for the type of player. Like for them, it's an upgrade, but for somebody in the Premier League, it wouldn't be. And they're willing to pay the kind of money that obviously so they'd rather stay in the bigger league but the bigger leagues won't give them that wage and that's why it tends to happen with the players that go out there just like China and just like America but not 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 so much America as you're only level one or two but yeah there's definitely that bit of a feel off But when you go out there it's pure like in my opinion for somebody like him you know, obviously Chelsea are still paying his wage that's that's the ultimate reason but you know other players tend to go there because they're willing to kind of pay wages that they want to kind of keep up with Yeah what about Lukaku? Yeah it, w- it was just a random one that caught me eye this morning and uh Lo and behold, uh, the Man City uh, manager apparently will have around two hundred million to spend in the summer, and Inter Milan's Belgium former Manchester United striker Lukaku is a, is on his list of potential signings. So it, it 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 immediately kind of harks back to the Tevez times, and would he come back and, and and see him lifting the trophy and coming back to haunt United a bit like the way Tevez was? Like the one thing about Lukaku, he gets goals wherever he is. Um, he obviously had him in, him in Manchester. I didn't see eye to eye, but he's still only 27 and he's one of them that you look at him as a big muscly guy and you your eyes just a bit of a groove but deep down like the guy's got skills and the guy's not supposed to put the ball in the back of the net and he's one of them that you underestimate as, as peril and he's, he's in great form over there so it'd be just an interesting story to pot if you've seen him back in the Premier League and more importantly back at Man City um, it'd be just a nice addition to kind of as I said for the storyline of the Premier League to, some, to see him coming back and kind of to haunt uh united you
0: know, with with a great rival. Yeah, Nathan, leave alone what he's done in Italy, what do you make of when you look back at it now, what do you make of Solshar letting Lukaku Le go right decision, wrong decision, <laughs> you know, a, a decision he had to make and, and that was a
2: Um I think you could look back and uh, be disappointed with it, like they have said, like the only way he's gone, even in in England his goal scoring record is really good. Look, okay, right now, like I've seen him at United, and quite times it could be really frustrating to watch. You know, it's just be just a lack of movement really, and with those games when he when he wasn't he would not not that he wasn't interested, but if he wasn't involved in games. He never really, never really made it his business to come into it. He never he never go looking for the ball, or anything like that, but that's maybe not his game. And um, but even at the time, was, even said at the time the friends of mine as well. He was disappointed when he did go because, like, say what you will about him, but the guy really will get to go. So and, Okay now we we he's lucky enough as you seem to be improving now but um he could still deal with it with a goal scorer like him.
0: Is he better than Martial?
2: As a goal scorer, yeah, yeah, I think he is. And the is, like I I don't mind Martial, I wouldn't say he's the biggest fan. If Martial hasn't really improved since he ever came to Manchester United. Mm. there's time there's times that goes missing and like don't get me wrong, when when he's on form jesus a guy's a world be But he's another player that just the consistency isn't there and and when he's not interested, Jesus, you might as well have 10 men out on that pitch because
1: we thought even I though, you know
2: we talked about the Liverpool game already, but I thought even against Liverpool, he was, he was a known factor at all. I thought he could have done more against Alexander Arnold, and that's not the first time you see a performance like that or Martial. So, um, yeah, I think of are looking for a goal scorer, if you're comparing the Kaki the or Martial, Kaki's the one they're going to go for He's got they're looking for goals.
0: Yeah, you know, you just take 200 million bid in from now on, nick him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, he's, in the top 20. he's in the top 20 Also in goalscores In the Premier League And he's only 27 And I he's been see- gone for a year
0: Yeah I've seen that I've seen what,
1: that Is he, what he, what he, what he uh, the 18th the Premier League Scores of all time it? I, I, I well, have If you take Gerrard And Lampard Technically yes
0: Lukaku is 20th Yeah
2: yeah, yeah. I, always said, I always said he was, he was the
0: twentieth
2: best striker
1: that I ever played in the Premier League. Oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> right at the eighteen, if you take out Lampard, Derrick, you can't
0: take them out. They're they're, <laughs> they're they're better than strikers, even midfielders who are better than strikers. Actually, when you look at it, every single person under Frank Lampard should hang their head in shame: Ro- Robbie Fowler, Jermaine Defoe, <laughs> Thierry Henry, Michael Owen—like wasters. Okay. <laughs> Listen, thanks very much, lads. We will leave it there. Uh, Of course, there's midweek games this week and games next weekend, so there's going to be a hell of a lot to talk about. We're just starting to get going. Uh, It won't be too long now before the Champions League and Europa League pop around again. And then, of course, March, the international games start with the World Cup qualifiers, so there's a hell of a lot to talk about. Um, Have a look for all of our podcasts, uh, from tennis to cricket to rugby to this football podcast and uh, if you're in Ireland, the League of Ireland podcast. There's uh, bigkickoff.com. Just go and have a look a whole load of articles there which Nathan writes on. And uh, yeah, well, hopefully soon the uh, YouTube channel will be up and going and uh, we will see you there. But this time next week, we'll be talking to you again. Bye now.